Hello and welcome into episode 53 of the Stomp the Bus show. I am your host, Mark Harris, coming at you after an ASU victory over Southern Utah. Um, weird victory, memorable game, but ASU is 1-0. Colton, how's it going, my man? I'm doing well, Mark. Um, very strange game, but before I get into that, um, before this show, I was a little late because I was working on one of my greatest Immaculate Grid runs. Um, and this has an ASU connection, I promise. I would but hope so. One of the, the, the squares on this grid was Super Bowl champ on the top. And then on the left side, I had Los Angeles Rams. Okay. Um, and I've never been one to chase rarity scores. I just want to be, you know, get in, okay. get the nine for nine. Put it out um, there. and for LA, and Super Bowl champs, I put Kareem Orr. Okay, who, right. Who won a Super Bowl with the Los Angeles Rams, and the only reason I remembered that was because I turned on that Monday night game where the Rams had, like, nobody left in their secondary against the Cardinals, and Kareem Orr was playing in that game. And I, I I remember covering Kareem Moore and thinking yep. there's there's no chance we ever see this guy play football again. And then that moment being like, whoa, that's Kareem Moore. Um, and then the percentage, this is what really jumped out. The percentage of people who guessed Kareem Moore was 0. 0.005. <laughs> it yeah. was 0.004 when I put it in. So, so you're like I'm one of almost five certain, people. I'm almost that. certain I was the fifth person out of every single person who has guessed correctly on that square to use Kareem Orr. So shout out to the other four people who knew that. But I was just blown away by that. The rarity score was 57 on this one. Dude, um, I'm on Kareem Orr's Wikipedia page right now. There is no mention of Arizona State because he transferred to Chattanooga, and that's where it – That's right. That's where I it forgot about that. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah, man, he, that's... I remember he had a really good year. I, I think it was his freshman year or his sophomore year that he had, like, six picks or five picks or something. Um, yeah, him and uh, who who else played in that secondary with him? Okay, yeah, freshman I, – I, I, I don't even know. But freshman 2015, consensus freshman All-American, set the ASU school freshman record with six interceptions. Jeez. It, uh, was, a, was he on – was was he in a secondary with Gump Hayes? Gump Hayes. The man who picked off Patrick I think, Mahomes. I think Gump might have been uh, 2016. Okay. But that yeah. – dude, that is really impressive, actually, to get Kareem Moore. <laughs> like, no, and that's, the fact it, that it even counted, like – no, I didn't he, think it would. I, I wasn't sure it would, but I'm like, he, they had to have given him a Super Bowl ring. So he right. has to be recognized as a Super Bowl champion. Um, and yeah, sure enough, he is. Kareem Orr is a Super Bowl champion. Yeah. Important so stuff. there you go. <laughs> to everyone listening, this was not us just stalling uh, <laughs> to you talk know, sometimes, about sometimes what happened. Sometimes, like otherworldly things like that happen and if there's an asu connection it would be it would be a disservice to the listener base to not dive in that's true it, it you know what that just shows you how big of asu sickos we really are the fact that we know you know we know kareem or played for the rams and won a super bowl like somehow yeah and, and remember that he went to asu Mayu mokiola and deshavon gump hayes can both say that they have picked off Patrick Mahomes. That's right. That game. There you go. Wild. There you go. Well, Patrick Mahomes was not in attendance in ASU's season opening win. <laughs> like that segue. There it is. There it is. <laughs> in, a in ASU's season opening win over Southern Utah uh, last Thursday. It was an ugly win. Um, now, there is, you know, weird circumstances around it because literally just before halftime, like probably like two or three plays, honestly, before halftime, yeah. a, a haboob literally rolls into the stadium. You could tell like it was literally 
you're just sitting there and then the next second, boom, it's like, oh, what's where's all this dust? And so, yeah, uh, Haboob literally rolls into the stadium. Thankfully, they were able to finish the first half. Then at halftime, we didn't really know what was going to happen. Um, and then right, like, right at the end of halftime, it's like, oh, this game is being delayed with lightning. And then it gets delayed like two and a half hours more. ASU plays really badly in the second half. And ASU does eventually find a way to win 24 to 21 over FCS Southern Utah. So much to get into. Um, I think, you know, it's the old sports writer cliche. This was a game of two halves. But it really was. like, And well, obviously... There was, there was a game in between the two halves, essentially. It, the length yeah. of a game. Yeah, totally. And so... It was a weird experience. People woke up the next morning being like, oh, that was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Um, Colton, you weren't at the game. I assumed you watched the first half and you probably yeah. didn't watch the second half. Right. right. So my yeah. my experience, you were one of the, uh, you used the term sickos earlier, and that's very, <laughs> very accurate um, for what the, the state that you were in at that game, right? And and. Not only going to the game, but then sticking out this delay because you were there the whole yeah. time, weren't you? I was. Me, okay. Jonas, and Connor were. <laughs> so, so that is a textbook definition of ASU sickos. Yeah. Um, so, True. so shout out to you guys. I, however, was um, at at home on it on my couch, streaming the game, um, and very comfortable. And as the uh, Haboob or whatever thunderstorm rolled in, I uh, was mildly <laughs> inconvenienced. And then I went to bed. Um, so that was that was my viewer experience. But, you know, I was one of those people who woke up the next morning, saw the final notification, uh, saw that the, the notification of the final score came through at 1 a.m., um, and yep. I thought, one, I thought, okay, they actually finished the game. I just assumed that I, I didn't know what they would have done. You don't really, like, postpone a game with travel and everything. Like, it didn't make yeah. sense logistically. Um, it felt like it being in the stadium, like, after the first hour, hour and a half, I was like, okay, they're just going to cancel this game. This yeah. is an FCS team. ASU already has a bull ban, right? So even if – you know, even if it does get counted as a no contest or something, it ultimately wouldn't affect the season in any way. But anyway, keep right. going. No, no, I completely agree. And that's why I was I was so shocked that they actually ended up finishing this game. And then I, I went through the day and like figured out more details or whatever. And the, the delay was what, what, two and a half hours yeah. of waiting <laughs> this out and then coming back out. So. My biggest thing with that is I don't want to say throw away the second half, but it's almost like you cannot – you can't look at this as just ASU beat Southern Utah by three points in a vacuum, right? Yeah. Like it's it's very obvious that like this loss would have looked terrible and they escaped. They did what they needed to do to hold on to this win. With the imagine, imagine the Pac-12 has the same great weekend it had, but instead and of being 12 and 0, it would be oh the Pac-12 won 11 and 1. Aside for ASU losing to an FCS team after a and two close. and a half hour thunderstorm yeah. delay, yeah. So I mean, all that I can, all that I'm really gonna look at and take seriously in terms of numbers and and everything else from this game is, is kind of what I saw in the first half. The, right. the second half is just survival. Like, yeah, so you can't analyze what happened in that second half. Yeah. So I think that's a good way of putting it. And I don't totally agree with you, but I'll get into it uh, later, but let's get into what, since you just saw the first half, right? Yeah. What did you, what did you, what did you like from the first half? What did you not like? ASU goes up 21-7 at the end of the half. Um, what were your impressions on the first half? Let's just isolate the first half, and then we can move on to the second half. Uh, first impression was Jaden Rashada's deep ball was um, was beautiful. I, I think he threw two or three. He had the one-two, obviously the big one-two. Um, Guillory. Guillory. 
and then the one to oh the thirty three yarder his his third pass of the game to Stovall uh, yeah Stovall right. transfer yeah right right um so those two stood out to me the Conyers play was more run after catch that one wasn't so much um, Rashada's deep ball but the right. touch that he had on those passes and watching both of those back I think he actually he did get a roughing on the first one the the, the pass to Stovall. Um, he took a shot at the end of that play. Um, and I'm almost sure he was, or I'm almost certain he was under pressure, maybe not on the fourth down play. Um, but there was one other play I remember seeing where he was under pressure, the, the defender in his face and he delivered an accurate ball. Yeah. Um, so, so that's what impressed me the most stood standing out at, at, that, that stood out at first was Rashada's touch on that deep ball. Cause we've talked a ton about, the playmakers at the skill positions who can kind of take the top off of the defense. And then the guys who can work that, that um, intermediate zone. And if Rashad is putting touch on, on got some touch on those deep balls, then it's going to open up a lot for this offense. And I saw a lot of that in the game. He started uh, four, four straight completions out of the gate. Again, FCS opponent, I get it. Um, but that looks solid. I mean, also, the poise that he showed on that that touchdown going into the half when the dust storm first rolled in, everybody's like, what is going on here? Um, you couldn't see anything. There's five seconds saying, left in the that half. That has not been uh, getting talked about much. No. That it, there's play was five nice. seconds in the half. Dude, that he was a up and throws that that fade to yeah. Omieri. And, and, and yeah. And Omieri did a great job catching it too. I think right. it was only catch, great but. throw, great catch. I, and and given the circumstances, um, it, it's easy to get like disjointed on that and think like, hey, what's going on here? Is this right. going to get delayed? Uh, but the poise that he showed on that on his birthday, no less, man. That's right. So going going into the going into the half, twelve of sixteen with two touchdown passes. Even after the the shakier second half right um he still finished with a 143 quarterback rating which is pretty much near perfect um again fcs opponent but a lot of those intangible things that you saw if those translate to other games i think this offense is going to be pretty dangerous i know i talked a lot about rashada there's a lot of other stuff we can talk about from this game but i mean he kind of stole the show and rightfully so he's the first He's only the second true freshman in ASU history to start a game, right? And the other guy just got blown out by Mike Norvell. So all circles back. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good yeah. Being in the stadium, like Rashada definitely looked good. Um yeah, the the deep ball to killer just wow. Yeah, that was such yeah. a good throw. On fourth down. On fourth yeah. down. I, I I wonder what the game looks like if that play goes differently, like the, this on both of those plays, that fourth down play and the play before the half, especially given right. how the game ended. I mean, just such poise from a true right. freshman to step up and, and do that in yeah. both situations. First of all, I give, I give Dillingham credit for calling that uh, for going for it in that situation, because it was fourth and eight. But they were on the Southern Utah 47-yard line. So it's kind of a – it's it's kind of that, like, weird zone where it's a little too long to kick a field goal. You don't want to punt it there, you know. So I, I like Dillingham going for it in that spot. Guillory did, Guillory did a great job uh, adjusting to the ball. I mean, that is hard. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, that was and, an over-the-shoulder ball too, right? And the cornerback that was – yeah, and the cornerback that was on him, like, he, it's not like Guillory just totally cooked him, like – no, was, it was close. You know, yeah. Pursuit. So that was a good that was a good play. And then obviously the end of the half was really well done. And the first I mean the first uh the first series obviously was really good too. Second series, um not quite as good, but you know, I mean they they uh you know, it's two five-yard plays, and then they go three and out after that. So it's not um, – I, I just think, like, the, the first half – this was kind of my thought in the first half. Like, ASU did, like, enough in the first half, even though it kind of came in weird ways, right? You have 
opening drive touchdown, and then like midway through the second quarter, you get a 50-yard touchdown, fourth down, and then you end the touch end the touchdown, end the half with a touchdown. So you're up 21-7. It it comes in a weird way. It doesn't, it's not just three straight touchdowns. Um, but you're up 21-7 at half over an FCS team. I remember thinking at the time, like, okay, like that is a sufficient lead for a yeah. halftime. You know what I'm saying? Against that is a sufficient performance. It wasn't like great. It's not like, you know, you were up 35 nothing at half. Like that would have been awesome. That's what every that's what every fan wants when they're playing the FCS team. That didn't happen. But, you know, U of A was up 14 to three at half. And, you know, they I, they expanded it in the second half. Yeah. That all that is to say, like, the off, like everything looked fine in the first half. It didn't look great. It, to me, I was thinking like, yeah, this looks like a six and six team. You know, that's kind of what I was. They have some playmakers and Grant Badger wasn't playing in the first half either. So that has to be. Mm-hmm. Um, they have some playmakers, they have some guys, but you know, there's some, there's some holes in there too. Um, I'll get into the second half now. Uh, look, man, it was bad. Like, I know that like, if you weren't watching the game and you just see the final score, like, Oh, ooh, they survived. But like being in the stadium, it was bad. And so I want, obviously the, uh, the delay clearly had an impact. Um, and I know that. I'm going to kind of contradict myself because like you shouldn't make excuses about the delay because you should, you should have beat them anyway. But at the same time, the delay clearly had some level of an impact, you know? Right. And the, the devil's advocate for that is like Southern Utah had the same delay right. or whatever. Yep. Um, but you know, it, I imagine, I yeah, no, go like ahead. That. Sorry. I do think like weird out of, uh, unorthodox you know like a two and a half hour lightning delay or like extreme rain i do think anything like that i think that always is a benefit to the worst team because Uh the circuit because if things get weird that's the only way that you really have a chance to win is if weird things happen so i don't think if if you know the game was just a normal game asu probably comes out of the second half you know and they maybe it, it doesn't look great, and ASU ends up winning like 35 14 or something. But, yeah. you know, just it, it really did screw things up. And I saw on Twitter this week that because it was such a long break, like guys were get, doing homework in between. Yeah. So <laughs> if you're doing homework in between two halves of football, like, Again, we've played like low-level sports growing up, but you need to be like in the right frame of mind to like go out and compete and like play a sport. And like, you could just tell like that was not there to the level it needed to be with ASU after halftime. And I, you know, I'm not. Look, if we had lost the game, then this would be a completely different podcast. But because we didn't, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna overreact. I'm not gonna blame people. Like, it, it it's clearly just a weird circumstance. Yeah. Um. Dude, it's one but, of those things where – oh, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. oh no, 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 no. Yeah. I was literally I, just going to say, like, real quick, it's one of those things where it, it doesn't matter how focused you are, how disciplined you are, how rigid your coach is, how locked in you are. If you're playing a team, I, I think they came into this game as a 35-point favorite, which yeah. obviously Southern Utah covered that. Yeah. But – if you do not bet on FBS versus FCS games, kids, do not bet on those games. If if you're if you're an FBS team playing an FCS opponent and you just had to sit through a two and a half hour weather delay, it's eleven thirty when you're about to pick it up and play again. You are one hundred percent on autopilot. Yeah, you are totally. doing everything that you can do to not make it painstakingly obvious that you are coasting through this game, regardless of who this is. These are human beings. <laughs> like any human being is going to look at this game. And, and if you're in that locker room coming out at half and just, I, I want to go home. I'm so tired of this. Like I don't yeah. know how you don't, I don't know how yeah. you don't. No, I, I totally agree. And yeah, I mean, look, I'm just going through the, First half, first possession, three plays, six yards, punt. Uh, they forced Southern Utah to punt. Then four plays, 14 yards, punt. 
for Southern Utah to punt. Three plays, two yards, punt. Then Southern Utah does get a touchdown. They uh, they got one long play, and then they they uh, got a touchdown pass as well. So I'll give them credit. They did do that. ASU responds with a kickoff return. Uh, Jay, or it wasn't Rashad. It was Badger. It, in, it looked like it was one of those where he got like taken down, but his knee actually never touched the ground. And so he went and kept going and got all the way to uh, – um, uh, you know what? I can't even see where it is. But got like to the red zone basically. So it was an incredible, incredible return. But the problem is ASU had first to go on the six, holding call. First and goal on the 16, holding call. First and goal on the 26, incomplete pass. Then second and goal 26, eight-yard run, another eight-yard run. You're able to get the Dario Longhetto 38-yard field goal. And boy, that proved to be a huge field goal because you're up 24 to 14 just to begin the fourth quarter. You get a punt from Southern Utah, and then you get the ball back midway through the fourth quarter. And this is getting into when it really got squirrely, at least being in the stands of the limited people that were there. This is when it felt like, oh boy, uh, yet, you know, you get one first down and then you go, uh, oh no, I'm sorry. You get two first downs and then you have to punt. You're at your own 39 yard line block punt. And when I first saw it get blocked, I was like, okay, this will get like recovered. This will go out of bounds, whatever. Literally like bounces right in front of some Southern Utah defender. And like the guy picks it up and just runs to the end zone. Like it was literally the worst possible thing that could have happened. And now all of a sudden it is 24, 21, seven, like literally midway through the fourth quarter. And you know, we can sit here on this show and be like, oh, you know, ASU came out with a win, you know, whatever. It was ugly. But at that moment, I was like, oh, my God. Like, we're going to – we could very well lose this game because the offense did not look good the whole second half. I just said the one scoring drive they had, they had, like, negative 20 offensive play or, you know, whatever. They, they got backed up so far because of penalties. So it wasn't even really, like, that great of a scoring drive. It just because of good field position. Um and when that punt got blocked, man, I, oh my God, like I was super, super worried. Uh, ASU was, was able to close it out despite a, not the, not a great uh, offensive series the next um, possession, but they they did have a, a five-minute, 20 um, drive to end the game. Rashada found a Scatabo on a short pass that he took 26 more yards um, from the 18 to the 44. And then uh, Badger picked up a 16 yard screen pass. So they did enough, like they did enough to get by it. It like that second half. And I understand, I like, I totally agree with the idea that they got discombobulated or whatever, like screwed up or lost motivation, whatever term you want to throw out there during the, again, extremely long halftime that is totally unprecedented. But, like, that second half still would have counted. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, 100%. It still so, goes down as a loss. Yeah, exactly. And so, it in the moment, man, I was like, I, I was thinking, like, I swear to God, I stayed here for two and a half hours. It's... You know, at that point, 12.30 a.m. on a Thursday night when I have to work the next morning, I was like, I swear to God, like, if I stayed up for all this crap, paid $40 for parking at ASU, like, they better win. I don't care how ugly it is. I do not want the first game of the Dillingham era to start out with a loss at 1 a.m. to Southern Utah. Thankfully, it did not. Um And, you know, from a coaching perspective, like, you know, the old saying is, oh, sometimes it's good for a coach to win ugly because then you can, you know, get into the players that next week, but it doesn't actually count as a loss, you know, like, so from that perspective, cool. It's great. But look, I mean, ASU <laughs> looked like the worst team in the Pac-12 
Like I see, if you're looking at a Pac-12 power ranking right now and you see ASU at the bottom, there's nothing anyone can do or say. It's like, yeah, we barely beat an FCS team, um, even with some weird circumstances. So that was kind of my, I I, I just, I do want to convey the fact that like, even though they won and we're going to forget about this game quickly, there were times in the moment where it was like, holy crap, man, like this is not secure. Like, and granted it, but like, again, it wasn't a blocked punt. And so like, that is like, you can't count on a blocked punt every weekend. You know what I'm saying? Like if you watch football enough, those are more random than they are like, skilled i guess especially for the guy to for it to bounce in a certain way that the guy picks it up or runs it for a touchdown but still happened and um yeah it was just it just got squirrely there like i said yeah i'm looking forward to seeing how they come out of a like a half right um in normal circumstances hopefully they get out of the gate strong there's going to be that continuity this week um against oklahoma state obviously rashada seems to be getting the nod again that's what all the reports are going to be i don't know why he wouldn't um yeah no he's he's going to be the starter yeah yeah so it, it, i also saw that drew pine still was recovering which almost implies that like if pine's ready to go this isn't a done deal which doesn't make sense to me i don't um, see that I, yeah no I'm sorry, no like, i hope i hope that's not the case that doesn't make a lot of sense to me if you commit to rashada unless he comes out and physically cannot move the ball, you have to work through the growing pains, right? right? He's a freshman. There's going to be some of those. You're not going to a bowl game this year. It doesn't make any sense to pull Rashada and and create some sort of like, oh, is it Pine or is it Rashada on a week-to-week basis? So I hope it stays Rashada. You need to stick that out. But, and obviously a a two-and-a-half-hour halftime, has a lot to say about this, but just looking at the third quarter stats, uh, attempted six passes in that third quarter, completed two of them for negative five yards. Oh, like, yeah. Like it, it, you know, and it's hard to like take this and transpose it to like, what totally. are they going to do coming out of the gate next week? But this is all we have to, to look at. Right. And obviously Oklahoma state is going to be a much more formidable opponent. Um, but it, it's one of those things where the third quarter numbers are not great. They, they picked up 32 total yards in the third quarter. Right. Oh, yeah. The third quarter was, it was gross, honestly. Yeah. Like, so, just... and it's, that's to be expected. Right. But I mean, halftime in any case can sometimes be like, all right, we're going to get out of the gate slow. Sometimes teams start slow coming out of that. Right? Yeah. Is that going to be a story with this team? Who knows? Um, but that's something I'll be paying attention to is what do they do coming out of half this week um, when they have a normal halftime and not th- th- their homework isn't out in the locker room. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's much more like the second half like is you can't be like, oh, this is ASU because in the second half it looked like this. It's like, no, that's there was a huge delay. But yeah, right. and like part of that, I mean, Rashada looked bad in the second half. Like he and it. I think Dillingham something said something about this after the game where it was like he was out of rhythm and and you could just tell like he was off, um, yeah. And so that that I, I just don't know if that's going to continue. Like ASU will never, ASU will never play as bad as they did in that second half for the rest of the season. I would imagine like maybe on the road at Utah they'll have a terrible first half or something, but. I would be really surprised if ASU had another just absolutely terrible half like that. Um, and then, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And over, like, before we end this conversation about Southern Utah, because it's, you know, whatever. But uh, I did tweet uh, this is 1 55 a.m. on September 1st. So I did tweet from the Stomp the Bus account, just <laughs> Stomp the Bus account, uh, just what, like, my kind of post game thoughts were. First half, solid. 21-7 is a good enough halftime lead despite some inconsistency, kind of what we said earlier. Second half, horrible. Penalties, bad play calling, bad offense, and sloppiness made it too close. C-minus game for ASU. Long lightning delay didn't help, but it doesn't explain everything in the second half. So that's kind of that's kind of where I was at after the game. So, No, I get that. And now that you've had a little bit of time to – 
to decompress and, and um, hopefully put that night out of, out of memory. <laughs> does it, does it feel any different? All of those takeaways, do you have some of the same feelings or is it more? Um, like- well, it is interesting after having watched, you know, a weekend of college football, I will say second half. No, like I don't feel any differently about the second half, honestly, but the first half, um, I think if it was a, like we kind of mentioned earlier, like if, if they had a similar type of performance in the second half as the first half, then we're already done talking about this game right now. It's like, oh, ASU beat Southern Utah, whatever. Uh, I do think the first half, like they looked like a lot of okay, you know, college football teams in that half based on, you know, just, you know, looking at the ESPN app throughout Saturday and just watching games and, you know, whatever, like, they looked just kind of like the team, like a six and six team. And so um, just seeing other teams kind of struggle with that or with those teams, or maybe not struggle, but just not look like that super impressive. uh, That kind of made me feel a little bit better, but it's, it's just, it's, it's weird because I don't like take the, I don't like extrapolate this loss into more, but at the same time, like, in the moment, in the second half, in the stadium, like it felt bad. So, yeah, uh, it's one of those. But you know, it's I, I'll say this: like I, after watching this first weekend of college football and ASU, I'm gonna drop them from six and six to five and seven. But it's mostly because of what the other teams in the Pac-12 did. Like, yeah, for one, Colorado looked better, like significantly better than I thought they would be. Um, Cal looked way better than I thought they would be. And that going to Cal is suddenly a much tougher game than I thought it was going to be. And Wazoo looked really dang good, man. Like that's going to be a tougher win than I expected too. And so those three games that were kind of like toss up games that like, Oh, maybe ASU could go two and one in those games. Now I'm like, "Eh, they're probably going to go one and two in those games, you know? So, um, and Fresno State, too, not even in the Pac-12. Fresno State looked really good in their win over Purdue. So you have those four, like, kind of okay teams, and they all look better than I thought they would be. I'm like, oh, great. Like, that that makes ASU's season tougher than anything from the sun, Southern Utah game. Oh, for sure. Yeah, just watching those games over the weekend, you know, like – it's it's unreal how good Colorado looked and and yeah how how the stocks are moving in different directions and it doesn't help that you know you had to play on a Thursday night and all this crazy stuff happened you're kind of like out of sight out of mind a little bit um, so which for ASU that turned out to be a very good thing cause, <laughs> yeah <laughs> cause no definitely I I want to see where they're at under normal circumstances this week, hopefully normal circumstances. It's, it's hard to make an assessment, but yeah, I agree. They're, they're worse than I expected, but I'm not ready to like put that in stone yet just because of the circumstances surrounding that game. It was such a weird game. I want to see what they do against Oklahoma state this week. And I think we'll have, a, a better idea of where this team is um, and, and, and go from there. But yeah, you're right. The, the stock of the PAC 12 skyrocketed over the weekend. So yeah. uh, it, it's, it's, it's dying breath and it's, it's really making it hurt. Which is just, yeah, of course, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. For me, it's not so much that like, it's a little bit of what I saw in the second half. And it's a, a, probably like 75% of, wow, Fresno State, Washington State, Cal, and Colorado, all four looked better than I thought they would be. So that, you know, that makes it more difficult for ASU. Uh, but, you know, you mentioned Oklahoma State, and one team who did not look as good as I thought they were going to look was the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Um, yeah. They played three quarterbacks. Pretty equal share throughout the game. Garrett Rangel, Alan Bowman, and uh, Gunnar Gundy, who shockingly happens to be the son of Oklahoma State head coach Mike Gundy. Uh, 
Oklahoma State beat Central Arkansas 27 to 13. Um, but I think an interesting note from this game is they were up 13-7 entering the third quarter. Yeah, and it took like, that that last fourth quarter touchdown yeah. to, to really put them away. They, like, they, uh, it was 20 to 13 at that point. Yeah, and In there the was no lightning delay. There was no, you know, weird circumstance that affected the game. Like, that was a just normal game. And, look, I, I, I don't follow any Oklahoma State people on Twitter, but I was just kind of just – looked and see what the fans were saying and like people were not like it was a stressful watch of that game and how could it not be like i mean i look like asu's up 21 seven and a half and you know we you know we don't know what would have happened in a normal second half but we do know under a normal game with oklahoma state you know they were up 13 to 7 entering the fourth quarter and they were up 13 zero at halftime like that's a there's an argument to be made that even though Oklahoma State ultimately won the game by more points, they played worse than ASU did because they were. I mean, look, like I like imagine being an Oklahoma State. Imagine being a freshman at Oklahoma State. You're going to your first game playing Central Arkansas, and you're up thirteen to seven entering the fourth quarter. Like that would be that's stressful, man. I mean, obviously I have yeah. And Oklahoma State blocked two field goals in that game. Like, it, it could have been so much closer than it actually was. Yeah. So, I mean, that 27-13 is 27-13, but you add six more points to the board. And obviously, it's not as simple as just adding six points. Game script course, changes and course. all of those yeah. things. But, like, you're looking at two drives that could have ended in points for Central Arkansas for a team that – only scored 20 points until that 17 yard run in the fourth quarter. So that, that I think Oklahoma state was in a little more danger at home against an, an FCS opponent than, than ASU might've been, especially considering the fact they didn't have a two and a half hour weather delay at halftime. Right. I, I don't know. Oklahoma state's a favorite going into this game, but and they I, should be, they should be yeah, based I, on I, like, but yeah. yeah, like anyway, continue. No, a hundred percent. And you know, they have, they, they have a little more stability with the program. Obviously their quarterback uh, situation is a revolving door right now, um, which is never good. I don't know how that'll ever work. I, maybe they're treating this as like, this was our FCS audition. Let's see who our guy's going to be. But I think you mentioned that they're still going to try to go yep. with a hot hand approach at quarterback. So you read something that said that or something. I typed in Mike Gundy quarterbacks on my Twitter, and this is from this is a you know the Twitter post from the Ocali, which is the student newspaper at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State coach Mike Gundy wasn't any closer to deciding which of his three quarterbacks will take the starting job after Saturday's season opener. Uh, it's a lot of we don't know who our starting quarterback is going to be. And we might play multiple starting quarterbacks in this game against ASU. And I'll tell you what, I'm glad we have Rashada <laughs> because I don't think it's – look, I, 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 you can totally do that if you're like Michigan and you know you're not going to lose the game against a lower-tier school. But like Oklahoma State kind of almost lost the game against Southern Ar- or Central Arkansas. Like – there was never like at the end of the game, like sure they weren't actually going to lose it, but they kept it close, you know. And just the quarterback instability at Oklahoma State, like that is that's huge for ASU because clearly, like none of those guys look that good either. That's the other thing, no. you know. Yeah, I mean Gunnar Gundy, seven of nine for one hundred six, and he uh, he looked pretty good. Two rushes for twenty yards. He probably looked the best out of the three if we're just if we're just looking at the numbers here and yeah you know I don't I didn't watch the game I don't know the context surrounding those numbers but just at a glance it looks like he had the best day yeah I did see some people say like oh well that's because he was in towards like the end of the game and so therefore UCA is more worn out but yeah exactly like exactly yeah if you're just trying to read the tea leaves based on a box score 
maybe and the fact that he has nepotism on his side <laughs> who knows what that'll do for him yeah um but you know if if you're looking at asu going into a game and actually having if we're going to give the edge to one of these two teams at the most important position on the field it, it has to be asu at this point right because you don't know who you're you're comparing rashada to uh, something, sorry, something's going off on my computer. My bad. No, that's all right. Okay. I was anyway. just saying, like, if you're giving the edge to one of these schools, you have to give it to ASU at quarterback right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Which, I mean, if you have an edge at the most important position on the field, that, that bodes well for the chances. It's already projected to be a pretty tight game. Um, so, I mean, at the very least, I think we're going to get a pretty fun one on Saturday. I agree with that. And also, like, this – look, Oklahoma State not having quarterback certainty, like, it's hard for me to think they're going to come in and score 30 points, honestly. Yeah. Like, it's really hard for me to – like, I just I just don't think that's going to happen unless, you know, there's some special teams or a defensive score or something like that. Like, and that gives me hope for ASU because it's not like I'm like, oh, ASU will definitely score 30 points. Like, Oklahoma State's defense – pretty good and there you know that's going to be tough for Rashada it's going to be the hardest competition he's ever faced but he, he look there's a world where ASU only needs to score three touchdowns to win this game you know oh, there's a world where 21 points is enough to get the job done against Oklahoma State and it is funny to me like I this was more like a little bit uh before last weekend but it was kind of I've heard it this week too it's like Oh man, ASU is definitely going to lose to Oklahoma State. There, because look, Oklahoma State's been a good program under Gundy. Like everyone has the idea of what Oklahoma State is. They were in a BCS bowl two years ago. But like, look, man, I'm just like looking at it. Like they're only a three and a half point favorite, and they have quarterback uncertainty. And look, it's not yeah. like we played and- Oklahoma State last year in Stillwater, and that wasn't like a wire to wire blowout. Like. That was like an NFL blowout where like a team had to pull away at the end for it to actually yeah. be lopsided, you know? And definitely that was a bad ASU team. And that was like a seven and five ish Oklahoma state team. So like to round out my thoughts, like this is not your older brother's Oklahoma state team that, you know, this is not uh Justin Blackman and uh, Brandon Whedon. Whedon. <laughs> I was like, who's their old quarterback they had? Yes. Brandon Whedon. This and, isn't like, even the Spencer Sanders. No, exactly. Not spe- exactly. Like, dude, they have Alan Bowman. Like, he uh, had to take down the stat. But if you have it up, like, I, I think it was like 13 of 24. Of 24. Yeah, that's, that's terrible. So yeah. if you're an ASU fan, you should hope that Bowman plays. And, he, like, if Gundy gives him, like, two drives and they both go, you know, and then punts, then that's just two drives he's giving you, you know? And so yeah. – like, if, if I were an Oklahoma State fan, like, dealing with, like, if, if Dillingham was, like, if the exact same thing happened, ASU had beaten Southern Utah 27 to 13, and you had mixed in, uh, let's just say Pine is injured for this, or is, isn't injured for this. You mix in Rashada, Pine, and Borgay, and none of them play well. I would be very worried heading into this, heading into a road game, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. And I mean, dude, on the other side of the ball, they just gave up 266 yards and two touchdowns to Will McElvain. Um, <laughs> you know who that is? Yeah, 71 yards on 12 attempts to uh, Mr. Powell, whose first name is Sean Derek Powell. I just pulled that up. Um, then you have receptions of 46 yards. Uh, 29 yards. They, they, they're susceptible 15. They're susceptible to some chunk plays here. Um, didn't force a turnover through the air. I think this secondary, based on what I saw from Rashada in that first half, I, I'm excited for what he might be able to do against this secondary that, that almost gave up 300 passing yards to Central Arkansas. Well, and one um, thing that we didn't mention with Rashada is there weren't – there were like obviously incomplete passes and like miscommunication and stuff like that, but there weren't there weren't like any like ooh that ball could have been picked. No, there weren't no. like turnover worthy throws. 
he, at he least was, he, was, noticeable. he did a great job of putting the ball in places where only his receivers were going to yes. be able to get it. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's just – it's a testament to the accuracy and the touch he's putting on these passes. But, man, I can't say enough about what I saw on those two deep balls. Again, FCS, I get it. But the touch right. that he put on those passes, especially that one to in the first half, his, his third pass of the game, I don't have it in front of me, but whoever yeah. he threw that pass to, uh, the the touch that he put on that ball, receiver made an excellent play on it too. But the the there wasn't like he it wasn't like he had a ton of separation on that. He kind of right. had to put it in in the right place for oh Stovall for yeah. for Stovall to go get that um, thirty three yards on that. So I want to see him come out, get that hot start again. I I can't imagine or or. I would hope, based on what we've seen, just looking at this game very briefly and, you know, trying to instill a little bit of confidence in your quarterback that, that Dillingham might come out throwing the ball like he did against Southern Utah. Um, and and let's see if Rashada can replicate that hot start. If he does, I, I feel very good about ASU's chances in this game. I agree. And, I mean, obviously, ASU's defense is going to be huge in this. Yeah, um, for sure. And they will be with Clayton Smith for the whole game, too. That's another thing that happened in the first half. Clayton Smith, uh, Oklahoma transfer defensive end, he got out with targeting in the first half. Thankfully, it was the first half. So he'll be fully in this game. You could tell watching him that, like, he is a, I don't want to call him, like, throwing around the phrase difference maker is, like, too, I don't know, hyperbolic, I guess. But, like, he he had a clear impact when he was on the defensive line. And it, it, it kind of opened up. Uh, more room for everyone else. So I think having him back will be big. Um, having Badger for a whole game. Remember, we're talking about Rashada's first half. No Badger. You know, Badger was yeah. only in the second half. And obviously he had the great punt return. And he had like a few screen catches in the second half. And so um, didn't really do much. But, you know, having him on the field, that just makes life easier for Guillory. That makes life easier for Stovall. That makes, you know, for every wide receiver, it makes it easier with for the tight ends, it makes it easier with uh, Badger on the field. And then also another thing in the second half is Jalen Conyers didn't play either. So that could have affected Rashada's, uh, you know, inconsistency there. But Yeah, I was going to say, I thought he got hurt in the first half. Have you seen yeah, anything on that? So it, I saw a quote from uh, Dillingham about this this week. It was like a shoulder injury, but it wasn't – the way he phrased it in his press conference, it was something like, he would have played if we had just come out right after half, but basically just because of the long break, they were like, okay, you can just be done for the rest of the game. And yeah, because that's, he felt knows, pretty it hard on it. Almost came back to bite ASU, but yeah, uh, he felt pretty hard on that after the catch and run. Is that the play he was injured on? The, uh, where he think took so. it for like 40 yards. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, you look at a, a skill, a, a crop of skill players with, you know, Guillory and Conyers and Messiah Swinson and, and Stovall and Elijah Badger in that mix, too. Yeah. I mean, Scadabo I don't know, man. Scadabo, too, out of the backfield. He looked, I was really impressed with his his balance when he runs Dude, and yeah. his vision, his ability to, to kind of just, like, shift his momentum and hit that the, the gap the second he sees it and do so so – fluently was was he really is, impressive to me he is just like a just a squat he's like you're just a squatty stock he's, he's a weapon man he's tough, a he's a he bowling is, ball that <laughs> tough yeah bowling ball is a good way to describe it man that tough he's to a bowling down. ball that can go left and right too yep. yeah and he's he's good at coming out of the backfield uh in the passing game too that was a big uh that, and he was good at that at sacramento state too so like that's a huge, huge thing for Rashada. Yeah, I don't know, man. The secondary yeah. doesn't really look like the no-fly zone or anything like that. So <laughs> I, I I think these guys are going to have opportunities. Well, yeah, and I think one thing that we haven't talked about that is going to have an effect on this game is it's going to be hot on Saturday. It's going to be probably – Hopefully, the last 110 degree plus day 
in Arizona this year, hopefully. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, my phone is giving me 111. So I don't know exactly what that equates to a kickoff. I've seen 102 thrown out there. I've seen 107. It's going to be hot when it is kicked off. And it's going to be a triple digits. Now, Oklahoma State is not, like, the number one team you would want to play. Like, if we were playing, like, a Big Ten team or something, we, we would we would win this game just because of how freaking hot it is. And they wouldn't – it would be tough for them to replicate that. Like, it just would. Oklahoma State, not quite as much. Like, it is hot in Oklahoma. But I was looking at the weather in Stillwater this week, and it's in the 90s. Could be a factor. Could, could be a factor. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's I think it's always a factor, especially like when you're playing at night and it's still 100 degrees. I think that that messes with you a little bit. And I mean, we've seen it. There's been some some wild stuff that happens. And when ASU hosts some of these teams, so not that, you know, Oklahoma State would be a colossal upset or anything like that. But I mean, given the state of this team right now, I I would not be shocked if ASU's 2-0 come Saturday. but again, I wouldn't be shocked if they were one and one. I'm just going off of what I saw from Rashada in that limited sample, and and what I did would would bode well in this game, I would think. Yeah, totally. So it should be an interesting game. Um, it's not going to be the best game of the weekend. There's a lot of better games out there for that. Um, yeah, do you have anything more to add on this matchup before we kind of? Not necessarily. I'm excited for, uh, I, I, you know, I kind of tentatively said, yeah, I think the Colorado game is going to be one that I go to. Um, now I'm just hoping I don't get priced out of it. So <laughs> after what Travis Hunter, Shador yeah. Sanders and Dion did, I mean, I don't know. I'm excited to see them play. I would not be shocked. That, I can't believe they're only a two and a half point favorite against Nebraska after what Nebraska just did against uh, Minnesota. That seems like like free money, but who knows? That could the be a one rat. thing. That I could would be say a rat about Colorado, line. and I'm not like I I I look. I like Dion. Like I I think it's great. Like I don't have. I know there are some ASU fans that don't like Dion because it, in the division, I get that. Um, but like clearly, it's worked to a point. Like the fact that they even beat TCU, like you could like it's already worked in my opinion. Yeah. That all said. Their defense is not good. Like it's just no. not good. And so no, I agree. <laughs> that I think that's kind of why the line is why it is, you know. Yeah. So it, that, but my thing is Nebraska's offense didn't really show too much, you know. So like no. even against that that level of defense, where like, I mean, Travis Hunter plays defense. He he almost no, had I get two it. picks in that I, game. No, I get it. I'm just saying like TCU had no issue going up and down the field. And to no, call it credit, it had no issue going up the field as well. So, like, maybe – I don't I, mean, I don't know how it's – I definitely want to watch that game. but No, definitely. Uh, it scares me because it feels like a rat line, one of those things where you're at, just like – Yeah, exactly. I am not betting that game at all. Like, I'm staying I, away. I've already got Colorado two and a half on it. I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to miss that. The I juice feel- was already up at minus 122, so – I, I don't know how much no, longer I'm, that's going to be a two and a half. So I had to pounce. I mean, they could win. I'm just, I'm not, not I'm until they have field goal. I just, that's all they need. you never know. Like you just never know. Like the thing is with call, like now we're analyzing the Colorado game, but like two of those picks were like at or near the end zone, which is great. Like that's awesome. But that also shows that they were able to get that far. So no, that's a great point. TCU left a lot. A yeah. lot on the field. But TCU isn't – or Nebraska isn't TCU. No, they're not. But, <laughs> again, it's like – Colton, remember this was our junior year. This was the Texas-Notre Dame game that was, like, awesome. Uh, it was at Texas, and, like, it ended with, like, a walk-off uh, touchdown. You'll remember this I game. Don't, like, I don't think I remember this game. Um, Thank it you. It was to – Okay, well, basically my point with this is, like, at the time it was two top ten teams, but by the end of the season they were – like, one went four and eight and the other went five and seven. So oh, it, I'm gonna look this up. with these, like – it would be 2016. You'll remember this game because we bet on it. We had a bet with each other, and I think you won. But um, my point with Colorado in that sense is, like, 
we don't like we don't know how good TCU is going to be like because like TCU lost so many people to the draft. They were a weird type of team to get to the national championship anyway. Like they didn't profile as a national championship team, mm-hmm. uh, even though they won the games to get there. Like they they deserve to be there, but they weren't like clearly Ohio State was the second best team last year. Uh, and so we don't know how good TCU is going to be this year. And it's the same thing goes with Colorado. But, you know, wrapping that all up, like, I still give a lot of credit to Dion and Colorado because, like, that was a um, that was a big win. Yeah, and definitely. I also um, – there are some ASU fans like, oh, we should have hired Dion. It's like, well, yes, we – like, it would have been great if we had hired Dion. Like, I'm not opposed to that. But Michael Crow was not going to hire Dion. And so if you want to get mad, like, blame Michael Crow for that. You know, <laughs> like – and – also, part of the calculus in hiring Kenny is like, it's going to take, like, look, we have a bowl ban this year. So Dion may not have come at all. And, you know, he, like Dillingham, you, you hire a young coach with that, with the idea that he's going to grow into it. And so anyway. But definitely. Uh, former Eagle Josh Adams played in this game. Very cool. Cool. Yeah, we can end. But you on remember that. that game, like how it was too. Yeah, dude, I don't know why I don't. Like, I truly have no recollection of this game. Yeah. Uh, one last kind of news item. Um, well, actually, two. Uh, we we mentioned how uh, Jake Smith didn't get his eligibility approved. Uh, Z- uh safety Xavier and Alfred is in the same situation. Uh, that Dillingham said, "Quote: It's ridiculous in my opinion. I just don't understand it." Ditto. Uh, so that sucks for Mr. Alford. And then uh, one actual piece, of, or another piece of news is ASU men's basketball will take on Mississippi State in Chicago uh, as part of the Barstool Sports Invitational. And I think this game, this game is going to be uh, broadcast online. And I think uh, Big Cat and there's yeah, there's an Dave app. No, I watched it last it. year. If you yeah, yeah. If I watched it last year, if you download the barstool app you can watch it on like the fire stick and stuff or whatever you have um but yeah big cat and and portnoy announced the game and they just like lose their minds the entire time over over the bets that they have um which i that was like the most fun i've had watching a basketball game watching it with the nuances of like don't dribble this out you know, like <laughs> that sort of thing when, when you need six points left and it's like right. 50 seconds on the clock, how many more possessions are you going to get? All of that stuff. Um, it was really fun. So that'll be that'll be a fun watch with with ASU in the mix, too. That'll yeah. be I, I had a good time watching it. I thought it was a good uh, a good change of pace from the classic announcer or whatever that we could get. But uh, announcers yeah. with with a knowledge of gambling is always fun. Right. No, I think it's uh, I think it's good exposure um, for sure. And, you know, just to have, you know, those guys talking about you, it's not a big deal to me. But, you know, maybe two way potential recruit it is. I don't know. Um, and you're playing, you know, you're playing Mississippi State like they're they were they're a similar type of program as ASU, like a tournament ish program and good matchup. You know, I'm excited. And uh, it's just it. it, it I, I do like this about Hurley. Like, again, people complain about him. Uh, I have, you know, shared my thoughts on that. But I, I I like that he goes into these, like, big events, you know, or large events. I don't know if it's, a, if it's like, a big event. But, like, for ASU basketball's, like, profile, they go into a lot of tournaments uh, and, like, high-profile tournaments, too. So I like that. And so that's a good thing that Hurley does. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait to watch it. All right. Well, with that, uh, let's just end with some score predictions. Colton, what do you got? Oklahoma State, ASU. Ooh, I like your projection of a a lower scoring game. I think you were pretty spot on with that. I think currently ASU is is listed as a three and a half point dog. Yeah. Probably depends on which place you go, but yeah. Yeah, it's really hard right now just because – you know, week one in college football, especially for, for Division One teams playing FCS opponents, is so often used as like a tune-up or whatever. You don't know what you're going to see from Oklahoma State. 
Um, I'm going to go based off of everything that I've said. I, I'm going to go a little optimistic here. I, I think Rashada comes out, gets off to a hot start. I think ASU scores first in this game. I think they get out to an early lead. I think it's tied at one point, and Rashada orchestrates a game-winning drive to get them in field goal range. I'm going 24-21. Oh, my gosh. That was so close to the score I had in my head. So my, the score I have in my head is 24-20 um, ASU. I don't. I think it'll be more of a game where, like, ASU kind of has to hold on to win. Yeah, okay. But yeah, I'll, I'll go ASU 24-20 Oklahoma State. Over Oklahoma I like State. that, too. Um, that's all from us. This edition, uh, thank you for tuning in. Please uh, like and subscribe, rate and review on your podcast app of choice. And as always, go Devils.